Welcome to Momentum Church. All right, well, good morning, everybody. It's good to be with you all today. Amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many went away a little bit or did something this week for, for fall break? Anybody did anything? So, so we went camping and at Jekyll Island and um, in a pop-up camper, and, and I was able to employ all the above-the-line things that we're trying to learn this week. It was funny, Amy was talking to some friends a couple weeks ago and talking about, you know how it is with vacation, she said. She said, you know how it is with vacation. The first couple days are rough because everybody's just kind of acclimating to each other. And, and the people were like, no, no, not, not used to that. And then the person said to Amy, they said, Amy, it's because you all camp. Like you're intense and little campers and, and you're all on top of each other. And this is why the first couple days of your vacations are miserable. And she was trying to explain it to Amy, and, and we were like, no, it's not like, it is, it's exactly like that, you know. And so this week, multiple times, had the opportunity to live above the line, you know. We, we had gotten a kayak um, not too long ago, and, and I had a cargo rack on top of my truck, and Amy and I are going to put it up on the truck, and I guess we just didn't do it quite right, and so it was digging the bolts of the rack into the truck. This is how we're starting vacation, and it was just, you know, I'm like, you know what? Above the line, baby. Above. Actually, she's saying to me, above the line, baby. Above the line. How many's heard above the line the last couple weeks from your spouses or your friends or your church mates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get to the campsite. And I jump out of the truck. The keys are in the ignition. And so, you know, we're not there five minutes. I go to get back in the truck. The truck is locked. The keys are in the ignition. This is not supposed to happen. When the keys are in the ignition, it's supposed to stay unlocked, right? No. So we had to call the locksmith. Thank God we're setting up the pop-up camper. And I had another opportunity to stay above the line, right? And they came. And, and still to this moment, I do not know what happened. I put the, the keys were in there. I tested it. You cannot get the doors to lock. I don't know why, but they locked. And then, you know, middle of the week, there's a canopy that we've had up all week. It's been raining all week. Every night it rained. And, you know, we had it tilted so the rain would run off. You know, everything's fine. And we're in there on Wednesday night. We're playing cards and stuff with the family. And all of a sudden you hear, boom, we thought a tree had fallen. And we look out and uh, the thing had kind of folded up and tore away from the camper a little bit. You know, it's a rental camper. There's a security deposit. I don't know if he's going to let me out of it. But you know what? It was an opportunity to live in that moment. Everybody say above the line. So this week, it was just one of those little God winks all week long, things happening. And the Lord just laid on my heart, you know what? You're becoming a better person, Ross. There was a time when that would have ruined my vacation. We have this kayak. Why is this happening to me? You know? we're here at the campsite, we're ready to have a good time, lock the keys in the car, why is this happening? Everybody say, to me, you know. I've set up campers many, many times. We've owned, I think, four in our lifetime. Right now we just don't, so we rented one. Why is this happening to me? And so multiple opportunities to choose to live above the line. But I'm just going to be honest, in the last six months, I've really been growing in this area. This is the reason why I wanted to teach this to y'all. And it helped me so much because I'm be 
beginning to be able to develop a biblical mindset for better living. Let me say that again. A biblical mindset for better living. And so over these series of this week, or these weeks of this series, we are trying to hone in on what it looks like to move from below the line to me living to above the line style or kind of living. And so I want you to open your Bibles and stand with me today as we get into God's Word. We're going to get into Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 through 15. <coughs> How many know Jesus is so good, amen? amen? He's so good, he came here to, to shed his blood, to do a work of covering our sins, to do a work not just to forgive us of our sins, but to change us like wholesale, like who we are, to be who he wants us to be more like him. And we see here in verse 11, but Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once and for all, obtaining eternal redemption. Verse 13, there was this process of shedding the blood of animals to cover sins. In verse 13, for the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh. Verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, how much more should he cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Oh man, I love that. From dead works... To serve the living God from dead works, from the things within our flesh, who we are at the core that want to drive us below the line, from those things to serving a living God. How much more? And so Jesus comes and obviously he sheds his blood, he does a work in us, but we're going to see today through the scriptures, he does a work, but then he looks to us to also not add to his saving work, but yes, add to the growing work of what he's doing in our lives. Amen. And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. And I do believe God has inheritance for each and every one of us. I believe there's an eternal inheritance, but I believe he has things he wants us to walk in right here in the earth. We looked last week or two weeks ago when I was taught last that he comes to make life more abundant. That's right here, not just eternal, but right here as well. And so today, let's just start in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, guide our hearts as we embrace these truths. Guide our hearts, open our minds, open our understanding to be able to embrace what you're saying and not just to hear it, but to be doers of your word. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. amen. You can have your seat. So just a quick review from last time we were together. I was telling you, in life, everybody wants a model. Everybody in life wants something that they can pattern their life after. We know that's Jesus, but how many know you want an A, B, C, D? You want something. Many of us look at things like that. Give us three points so we can run our lives on that. And what I told you last week, the most simple model that we can run our lives on forever from here on into eternity is just a line. It doesn't get any more simple than that. It's just a 
simple line, and that line speaks to us as a challenge. Are we in this moment thinking below or above the line? Are we acting below or above the line? Are we responding below or above the line? I had a, 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 a mom um, text me and was saying how her, her, thank you very much. You've given my teenage son great fodder, you know, because he's constantly going, that's above, not above the line, mom. That's not above the line, you know. And, and maybe, maybe we shouldn't push each other, but maybe we should. I don't know. Maybe we should be able to challenge each other and help each other live above the line. Last week when we were together, or the last time I was with you, as we looked at below the line living, we saw that that spoke of being closed, defensive, and committed to being right. That's kind of what characterizes that below the line living. I don't want to hear anything. This is my way or the highway. You know, that's just the way it is. Just closed and not listening to other points of, of understanding. Now listen, we made a caveat when we were together. Because being open doesn't mean that the word of God is open to discussion. It is open to discussion. But how many know there's truths and there are principles in scripture that are thus saith the Lord. Whether we like it or not, they're black, they're white, they're, they're not gray. There are things. Now things that are gray, guess what? Areas that are gray, we're open, you know. We, 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 we are more open in that area, but, but things that are black and white, we're black and white, all right? So I just want to make that caveat again. So below the lines, that above the line, we'll put this on the screen, you see more open, curious, committed to learning. And so you can see how those two oppose each other, closed or open, defensive and curious, committed to being right, committed to learning. And I was telling you that when it comes to all the things that we face, Today, Ali was talking about the fires that you face, all the things that you face. God wants to work all those things out for your good. But I was telling you two weeks ago, it's not magic. It's not God wants you to rub the magic lamp of Romans 8, 28. And I know, God, you're going to work out all things good. And then here it all works out. No, no, no. It's not magic. I told you two weeks ago. It's mindset. Say mindset. Developing a biblical mindset. Amen. A biblical mindset. And mindset is that idea of an established set of attitudes that we hold. And I believe as Christ followers, sometimes we try to hold on to magic, okay, because it excuses our responsibility. We try to hold on to magic. We try to hold on to, well, God will work it out. Well, stop being stupid. Right? <laughs> well, God will work it out. We'll, we'll quit the dumb decisions. And we make dumb decisions usually because we don't check counsel from other people. I'm not saying you're stupid. I'm saying I'm stupid by myself. I, I've got to have wise counsel and people in my life. You can ask my staff. I get their opinions on tons of stuff. You know? Yeah, I'm the leader of the church, but I'm very open to my staff. And I'm very open to my board. Why? Because I know alone I'm not that bright. Nobody is. Amen. And so it's not magic, it's mindset, and <clears throat> we have a mindset. We need to, to stop letting life happen to us, but begin to move forward with the principles of God and see God work out life in and, and through us, all right? And so I was telling you that when we live below the, mind, the line, our mindset is a to-me lifestyle, okay? Everything is happening to me. I can't believe that happened to me. Right? It's a to-me lifestyle. And we find ourselves in a drama triangle. 
So when, you're, when life's happening to me, you elevate yourself as the hero, okay? Or you elevate or de-elevate yourself as the victim and you need a hero, you know? As somebody else, I can't believe they're doing this to me. They're the villain. And, and so always look, when there's tension, when you feel the tension rising in your chest, in your head starts to throb, you know, your, your, your hands start to sweat, whatever that tension is that you feel when you feel tension, that's your body telling you, there's something wrong here, you know? The Holy Spirit is telling you through who you are, how he's created you, there's something to deal with here. There's something to face here. And so when you're feeling that tension, ask yourself, that drama, is it coming because I'm in this triangle? Am I in the hero, villain, or victim? Am I one of these three things that's bringing this, this to be, all right? We posture ourselves when we're both below the line as a hero, a victim, or a villain. And what our behavior is like, it is impulsive. It's impulsive. I want to do this, so I do it. I don't want to do it, so I don't do it. It's quick. It's quick. It's impulsive. It's reactionary. When you're below the line, you're reacting to everything. You're not leading. You're reacting. It's resistant. It's closed up. Those are some of the characteristics. And what happens when you begin to live a life that is locked into the drama triangle, when you begin to live a life that is below the line, what begins to happen is you begin to live on autopilot. How, how many, be honest with yourself, you said, I don't know why I do that. I don't know why I think that. I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I, it's because we've trained ourselves and we're satisfied. We're okay with living below the line. But what I saw in that first scripture of Hebrews, Jesus came to come and do a work in our conscience. That's the seedbed of our morality, the seedbed of our understanding, the seedbed of where we make decisions, <coughs> the seedbed, that filter has been changed. But how many know you are spirit, but you're also flesh? And even though the filter's been changed by the blood of Jesus, our flesh will fight your old past ways will fight to win every decision, every experience. But God has come. He has cleansed our conscience so that we don't have to live according to the dead things, but we can live according to the life of God. But it is a fight. And who does that fight? Just God alone? No. Partners with you. We submit ourselves to his leadership. And so that, that's, it's, a, it's a striving to get off of autopilot. What happens when you're in autopilot and you are locked into living below the line? You will begin to see the experience of your life marked by two things, blame and complaint. Blame and complaint. And I'm not going to tell you, look at your spouse, look at your friend, look at your churchmate. I'm going to tell you, look at your own heart, all right? How much blame and how much complaint comes out of your mouth? How much blame and how much complaint? And I'm at fault here, guys. You know, I, I grew up in, a, in an environment where somebody has to pay. There has to be someone to blame. If something happens bad, it's somebody's fault. There should be recompense. We're going to figure this out. And so a lot of times bad things will happen because what? We live in a world where things happen. It's not always simple and easy and good. Even amongst a church community, things happen. 
And it's very easy for me as a pastor to want to figure out well, whose fault was it? Who didn't get it done? Who didn't do this? Who did? And you may say, well, that's just being a boss. Yeah, I get that. That's part of it. But nobody want to work underneath a boss that's just constantly complaining and looking for blame. Amen? It's better to have a boss that's looking for solutions. That's being open. Yeah, there's an issue. Let's fix it. Who cares who's to blame? Now, I'm not saying that, that it devoids somebody of responsibility. We'll get more into that next week. But when it comes down to it, there is a curiosity, an openness to learn. You're trying to figure out rather than just being characterized by complaint and blaming. So important for us because Proverbs 4.23 is telling us that, that we have got to guard our hearts. It's natural for us to fall below the line is what that scripture is saying. It's just natural. God wouldn't tell us to guard your hearts if once we're saved, that's it. I'm saved, I think like Jesus. I'm saved, I talk like Jesus. I'm saved, I, I, I make decisions like Jesus. Not always. Amen? I want to. I do. But that's a daily submission. It's a daily getting myself out of autopilot and moving into a life that is guarding my heart above all else. Why? For it determines the course of our life. I can't just rub the magic lamp and God, all things will work out for good. No, no, no. Here he says, guard your heart for it determines the course of your life, where your life is headed. The course is, is, is a picture of a river, the movement of God in your life. What God wants to flow into, you better guard your heart because God is desiring to flow into all these areas of your life. But we can damn that flow up by living, everybody say below the line. So what happens, we got to get ourselves above the line. And the reason why it's so important to get above the line in our lifestyles and our choices and our decisions is because above the line, that's where true change and true growth takes place. It doesn't take place when we live below the line. Change and growth will not take place if you're just on autopilot. Changing growth will not take place if you just allow yourself to stay into to me living. It will not. We've got to move. Everybody say above the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So getting away from that autopilot, we're talking about how Jesus has cleansed our conscience, okay, that seedbed of our morality, our understanding. But guess what? We also have got to live conscious to the conscience that God has given us. Amen? Do you catch that? Yes, the seabed has been redeemed, but our consciousness has got to be redeemed every day. How we become aware and mindful of what God has already done in us is a decision. It's not on autopilot. It's a decision every day. Now, the hope is, the hope is that as you grow as a mature believer in discipleship, you'll get to a place where the Bible says, if you'll walk after the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Isn't that awesome? In other words, what is, what is walking? Walking is the habitual ordering of your steps. You don't think much about walking. I know I don't. I trip all the time. <laughs> but you don't think much about walking. It's just the habitual ordering of your steps. Everybody walks a little different. This is pretty much my natural glide, you know. I wish it was a little bit more like, yo, what's up? You know, how you doing, dog? But it's not. It's just kind of dorky, <laughs> you know. I kind of shuffle, sort of, you know. But the habitual ordering of your steps, that's the goal. 
The goal is that we're walking after the Spirit. We have submitted ourselves so much to who He is that we've been practicing above-the-line living so much that next thing you know, we're not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. We're not in autopilot anymore in the flesh, but we're starting to get into autopilot in the Spirit. Come on. That's possible. I want that. I want that for me. I want that for you. All right? So we live with a choice to be conscious in the moment. What does it mean, conscious? What is consciousness? To be aware of and respond to one's surroundings. Being aware and responding to what you're experiencing. That's consciousness. All right? Being aware and responding to the things that are coming, the stimulus, whatever it might be, a a frustration, a joy. Because, you know, you can live below the line and experience positive things. You know that? There's people who live below the line with such lack of of openness and curiosity that when good things happen, it's as if they haven't experienced anything. They're just dead. You've been there before. I've been there before. Just feel flat, right? A lack of consciousness, a lack of being aware and responding to one's surrounding, a lack of being awake, just going through life asleep. That's, that's what I'm speaking about here, right? And, and when I say that, I know what you're saying. I know because I'm rooted in the Christian community. I'm rooted in the church. And I know what you're saying. That sounds new agey. How many thought that? Raise your hand. Be honest with me. Anybody? anybody? That sounds new agey. You know, the idea of consciousness. No, no, no. Just the word was stolen. The principle was stolen. And then they try to remove God from it. All right? Let me say it this way. It doesn't matter how conscious you are. Without God in the middle of your desires for growth and change, you will fail miserably. Amen? You're not going to elevate yourself with consciousness alone. These are principles and tools that God brings to us, but it will be by his spirit, says the Lord, right? Because the Bible says it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. It's not by your ability. There's a partnership here that takes place. Again, I'm kind of getting into a sermon here in a couple weeks already. But So if your consciousness is rooted in humanism, it will fail. I'm not telling you just to try harder. Christians ought to be the most conscious, above-the-line people on the planet. Amen? Because it's not just us alone, but we're leaning into the person of the Holy Spirit to help us live out who he desires us to be in the world. We ought to be the most conscious people on the planet. So in other words, we, God wants to cleanse our conscience from dead works to serve the living God so that daily we can submit our conscience to him, our mindfulness, our thinking, our decisions, our, our will, uh, not living on autopilot, but moving forward in, in action. And so we have to pay attention to our experiences in the present moment. And as Christians, our awareness of the present moment, it is enriched by knowing that God is present with us. We're in the middle of the moment. Let's say it is a horrible, negative experience. We don't, we don't deny the negativity of the experience. That's not faith. Faith is choosing the promises of God in the face of of a situation. It's not denying the existence of the situation. Amen? But in the middle of that situation, man, you are conscious. You are awake. You are aware. You realize you're embracing fully the pain of the situation, but you're equally embracing the fullness of the presence of God and his promises in the middle of that situation. See what I'm saying? Amen? 
Let me give you some scriptural background for this, all right? Romans 12, 2. I don't want you to think that, that this idea of being conscious in life and making decisions based on it is something new agey. No, it's biblical. Watch this. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world. And, and you could put the proverbial you. You don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Transformation by what? The renewal of your mind, beginning to think differently, beginning to renew your mind from base flesh living to a higher living in the things of the spirit. Humanists would call that higher consciousness alone. No, no, no. I, I feel that it's submitting ourselves to the Holy Ghost, to the Holy Spirit, and allowing the Spirit to lead us. We're not living by flesh any longer. We're living by the Spirit of God. Amen? I'm not going to let the world try to steal something good that God has in his word. Amen? And so it goes on, and it says you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. Well, if I'm living above the line, I will never have to worry about facing strife, pressure, stress. No. It says that by testing, you're going to know that you've been renewed. So you're going to come up with a struggle with a boss. There's the testing. And you're going to walk out of that place with the confidence of God, knowing that you dealt with it. You didn't run away from it. I'm not telling you as a Christian to acquiesce and back up. No, no, no. Be fierce, be bold, but be open and curious and talk through things. And, and be, you know what I'm saying? You're going to come out of that situation with the testing, knowing the will of God. And you may come out of that situation, the will of God is, yeah, that's a horrible boss. You lived up underneath his condemnation and ugliness one day too long. You only need 14 more days to deal with it because Christians give two weeks notice. Come on, somebody. I'm serious, all right? We tip at least 20% and we give two week notice, okay? That's just, I'm just saying, okay? So, <laughs> come on, somebody. <clears throat> All right, um, <laughs> but that, 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 that idea of being tested so that we can discern the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Let's go on to Colossians 3, verse 2. Set your minds on things that are above, there it is, set. Set is not passive, set is not autopilot, amen? Set is active, set is a decision. Set your mind on things, everybody say above, yeah, set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. Amen. Let's go to 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Below the line. Amen? Don't be conformed to that. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Above the line. But do you see in each of these verses, you don't be conformed. Set your, every tap yourself on the chest. Set your mind on things above. They are preparing your minds for action. Do you see that? So in below-the-line living, it is all about life happening to me, okay? In above-the-line living, and we're going to walk through a couple processes of these, okay? The first step is this one, and next week we'll get into the next step, okay? But above-the-line living, the process isn't to me. 
What, we live life not with life happening to me. We live life with life happening by me. By me. That's a whole different level of living. Everything's happening to me. Or no, things are happening by me. Now, I know as Christ followers, we're going to say it's happening because of God. And you are right, okay? But not one person in this room is an automaton. God does not call us and lead us as robots. He leads us as free will people that are submitted to his leadership. And that's a decision every day. And so life is happening in a sense by you. Amen? Now, it's easy for us to say, well, no, it's not. It's happening by somebody. Yeah, why? Because that, you're so driven by to me living, you want that pressure off of you. It's somebody else's fault. You see the blame? It's not my fault. That, I'm not walking in this because of me. They did this to me. It's easy. If we don't, if we don't allow ourselves to embrace by me, we'll never get past to me living. And, and I want to make a caveat here. All these are not that I'm, because there's one more I'm going to bring to you next week. All these are not steps. They're states. Because at times you're going to live in a state of to me. Amen? I just want you to stay in It's like Alabama. You might go through it. You don't want to stay there. You know? <laughs> but there are times in all these you're going to experience, experience them. <laughs> <clears throat> so by me living uh, before we look because there is something there's one thing that moves us from to me living to by me living one thing and I'm going to get to it before we finish but before we go if there's a drama triangle is there a, a conscious oh I practiced this and I still can't write it it. I practiced that, and I still got it spelled wrong. No, I spelled it right. Okay. Is there a conscious triangle? Is it, if, 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 if below the line has a triangle, is there an above the line triangle, if you will? And there is, all right? So when we're looking at life happening by me, you're a victim, a hero, or a villain, or at least somebody in that story falls into one of those categories. But when you begin to move up to consciousness and conscious living, it, it's very similar. Remember when I talked about your adventure posse, your adventure mob I talked about a few weeks ago? These are those three things I said that you need in your life. Okay, and so I said there was four, but three of them you're going to see right here. So it is a coach. You position yourself or you see people as a coach. You see people as a creator or yourself as a creator, and you see a challenger. Challenger. That's what I was saying. It's not about just anything goes. No, there's times where you challenge things, all right? But challenge isn't about drama. Challenge is a conscious decision. I see something that needs spoken into, and so I'm going to speak into it. I'm going to do it from a very above-the-line way, but I'm going to speak into it. Does that make sense? So we can see here that you move from a victim posture to a creator-type posture. No, life is happening because I am partnering with God in this moment, and that's why things are happening in my life. Things are going to shift because I'm going to partner with God, and I'm going to begin to create the shift, if you will. I'm going to begin to make a decision that will change the next steps of, of my life. So you move from victim to a creator. In other words, you stop having a life that is experienced by blame and complaint, and you move above the line, and as a coach, a creator, or a challenger, your life begins to move into appreciation and gratitude. 
I love that they sing that song this morning. Your life moves from blame and complaint to appreciation and gratitude. Well, but Pastor Ross, I'm going through something super negative. Or you know what? I'm angry because I know my proposal on the table at work is better than their proposal. And they won't open their ears to hear it. They're closed-minded. They won't listen. They won't listen to my, my appeal. All right. But there's something in that. You can have gratitude and, 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 and appreciation. Man, I'm thankful, Lord, I'm still at this table. I'm, st- I'm thankful I'm still on the team. I'm thankful I'm going to try to figure out a way to, to begin to interject my, un- my thoughts and understandings. And you're right. There is a problem when you're in a relationship with people and they're living below the line and they've never been challenged. But guess what? Above the line living can start with one person. It really can. This can start with you and your work. This can start with you and your marriage. This can start with you and your child rearing. It can start with one person. And so your life's not marked by blaming and complaining, but it starts to be marked by appreciation and gratitude. Growth can even come from negative experiences. And those negative experiences can start to be appreciated. Man, I'm glad I had this challenge. And I'll be honest, partly because I'm going through this, (coughs) and I've been going through a lot of self-discovery the last couple years. I was glad that we had those three issues this week camping. Because I know where that would have put me three years ago. My wife, it was noticeable to her. Like, like she knows I would have, and I wouldn't have directed it at them. It would have been at me. I'm an idiot. I'm so stupid. I can't do anything right. Why am I so freaking, oh, I'm such a failure. I'm so, oh, I, I can't believe I bought that and spent the money in it. I bought the kayak and then it didn't work. And I'm just, that would have ruined my first day. And then the next day, we got to the campground, and I would have locked my keys. Oh, here I go again. I'm such an idiot. I'm so stupid. I'm, I just, it would have ruined, I mean, I'm telling you right now, every couple of days, something like that would have just ruined me for that vacation. And Amy, she noticed the difference. Amen? Because I started going, okay, well, what can I learn from this? You know what I learned from this? That cargo carrier is too small for my truck. It'll fit great on Amy's Subaru Outback, which will make her Outback look freaking tough. And I'll just save and get myself a, ma- a big man-sized um, a cargo rack for my truck. Because I had this little dinky cargo rack for my truck. And I learned don't buy what is too small for what you need. I, I, just, I made a mistake. An extra $100, I would have had what I really needed. But I was trying to save some money, so I learned a lesson. And, but that's how I felt this week. It's like, well, I learned a lesson. There was something I've learned, you know. Does that make sense? I know it doesn't sound that intense. But to my kids, who would have had a miserable vacation, it's a big deal. Amen? Amen. So questions will go from, why is this happening to me? Above the line has questions as well. But the questions are, what can I learn from this experience? What can I learn in this moment? My wife is frustrated or your husband is frustrated. What can I learn in this moment? Now, why are you acting like this towards me? No, no, what what can I learn in this moment? Questions can go from, why is this happening to me, to what can I create with this now? What can I do in this moment with this? Yeah, this is, they're, they're rejecting my proposal. Okay, well, what can I create? What shift can I make? How can I turn this around and make create a win? How can I see what they're saying? I'm open and curious to what they're bringing to the table. Maybe a, a listening to them is going to open me up, and it's going to make what I have even better because I, I, I partner with them. You see? 
And so you begin to look at every situation as a learning or growth opportunity. And that's why all things work together for the good of those who love God. Because I'm looking at every situation. God, what are you going to do here? How are you going to work this out here? You know? So let me give you a few opposites as we begin to wind down today, okay? So few opposites. We told you last week that below the line, you get overwhelmed. You push down emotions. That's, that's below the line. So it's two-sided. You're either all emotional, you're overwhelmed, or you're not emotional, you're pushing it down. Well, being above the line, you're going to actually feel, you're going to embrace and you're going to work through those emotions. It's okay to feel angry. The Bible says be angry and sin not. That's, that is a person saying, you know what? I'm angry. Why am I angry? Not, I can't believe this has happened to me. What is going on inside of me that is causing me to be so angry about this situation? And guess what? It might be righteous indignation. And you know what? There's a righteous prophetic edge in me. That's why I'm angry about that. That's a good thing. That's a good emotion. It's not wrong to be angry. Now I move above the line, and I go into creator mode. Because in the moment of this, this injustice, I feel such a passion and an anger, and now I've checked my feelings. Why am I so angry? It's because it's a prophetic calling on my life to create something, to counteract that injustice or to meet that need, and you go into creator mode. You don't go just onto YouTube or onto Facebook and just witch and moan, 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 witch and moan. It's like a rap song. Right? Do you see the difference? I get on Facebook and I witch and moan. I just witch and moan. I just witch and moan. Or I am angry. I am frustrated. And my, 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 my um, um, lazy boy, you know, efforts aren't going to fix one thing. I'm going to go do something. I'm going to move above the line and I'm going to go create something. Go make a difference, not just keeping the drama triangle. Amen? That's just an example. So <clears throat> another one in the below the line, you're going to avoid conflict, where in above the line, you're going to engage people in situations that need to be engaged. Come on, somebody. All right? And again, we'll talk about that a little bit more next week. And so there's, you're not backing away from conflict. You're just engaging it. You're not just fighting, you're engaging the situation. In below the line living, you aggressively cling to your opinion and you argue your point at nauseum because your opinion and your point is so tied to your ego, you can't. If you don't fight for it, you lose part of who you are. So you've got to fight, 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 right? Whereas above the line living, you're staying open and you're curious. This is a difference of opinion, but you want to understand that other person. You're staying open and you're curious. Again, that openness does not mean that we take the word of God lightly. No, 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 no. That is our measure for everything. But we need to be able to use it as a measure, not our traditions, not our preferences. I can't believe they, they, we had somebody not too long ago on Facebook. Hi, Facebook. Love you guys. We had somebody not too long ago on, online, you know, was like, do you guys have lights in your church and that smoke? Yes, and we have the Holy Ghost too. Amen? Signs, wonders, people getting healed, people getting saved, lives changed, marriage is being intact. Amen? Come on. Yeah, we got some lights and smoke, but we're not so geeked out about the light and smoke that we're not pressing into the presence. Does that make sense? 
How do I get on that? Oh, preferences. <laughs> so we're open and we're curious about those things, right? Um, on the, on the below-the-line side, you fall into a judgment mindset. What's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad, always judging. Where above the line, you fall into a learner's mindset. Now, through a learner's mindset, you may come to a judgment. You will. I mean, there's, there's things that need to be established as right and wrong, good or bad, but it's coming from a learner's mindset, not just, I, I got a friend, I know somebody, it doesn't matter what I say. If I say, if I put that there, he's going to say, no, no, you should have put that there. If I would have put it there, oh, no, no, put that over there. Anybody have people like that in your lives? Any family members? Oh, yeah. Elbow them? <laughs> it's, just, it's like, it doesn't matter what you do do it's going to be the wrong thing why because they live below the line they're a judger mindset it, it does something for their ego to tell you to do something different than you just did how many know there's a lot of ways to skin a cat i've tried them all no just kidding <laughs> uh, on a below the mindset rationalize and justify what's going wrong in life when you're living below the line all right? You rationalize and you justify it. But no, above the line, you face and embrace what is going wrong in life. All right? And so quickly, when it comes to above the line, the experience of our life, just to kind of summarize, is marked by blaming and complaining on below the line or by appreciation above the line. Being right is the most important thing. That's a below the line. Or understanding is the most important thing. And it may be an understanding you come to the point that you know they're wrong. But, but you're getting to a place of understanding, just not holding on to what's, what you feel is right all the time. Here's one I like that we haven't talked about today. A scarcity mindset is below the line. I never have enough time. I never have enough money. I never have enough friends. I never have enough opportunity. It's a scarcity mindset. Whereas above the line living, by me living, will get you to a place where you start to have an abundance mindset. Let me use the time as an example. There is never enough time below the line. Above the line, I'm in control of my time. Do you realize everybody has the same amount of hours a week, right? Below the line, I am stressed because there's never enough time. Above the line, I use a system to manage my time. I don't just go every, I can't believe it, my wakes got away from me again. Do you have, you ever created some system? Y'all, I have to have systems, all right? I'm just being honest, as ADHD as I am through my life, I'm always working a system and recreating the system and playing with the system and massaging the system. I've had everything from Franklin planners to digital to, to, to I'm back to paper again, to, but I've got to have something. If not, I will not be at the table on time. I may not find the table. I'm overwhelmed, which can be a sign of busyness or boredom, Okay. I feel overwhelmed. No, no, no. By me living above the line, I use time to do what I want to do with it. And you know that is the truth. We do what we want to do. Amen? So you have to look at what do I really want? And then allow your time, create your time to work for you, not against you. Amen? So what does it take to move from to me living to by me living? What do you think this is? This thing that moves you from below the line to above the line. One word. Moving from below the line. Throw out some stuff. Faith. Faith I like that. Anything else? Mindset. Mindset. I like that. Anything else? Action. Action. I like that. Yeah. 
You'll never move in faith. You'll never have a shift in your mindset. You'll never have a difference in your actions if you don't take personal responsibility. Everything flows out of this. Response. Ability. Bill. Responsibility. There's another eye in there. All right, responsibility. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing that moves us, right? Embracing radical responsibility will move you from life happening to you to life happening by you. And I like this. I made this up. Ready? Responsibility is being responsible. It's being responsible. If you below the line struggle with impulsivity and reactionary actions based to your autopilot, your, your set of who you are, all right? No, no, being responsibility means I can respond. I'm able to respond. I am response-able. In other words, it's a response, a reaction to something, but it's a conscious reaction to something. It's not an impulse, it's a response. Does that make sense? Below the line, behavior is impulsive, resistant. It's reactionary, but above the line, behavior is thoughtful, it's open, it's purposeful. And so instead of life happening to me, we begin to make life happen. Again, by the leading of the Holy Spirit. But we begin to make life happen as a creator, a coach, or a challenger. When, when, um, when you begin to go through things and you, you feel that tension, ask yourself what triangle you're moving in. You, you'll feel your hands tied when you're in this triangle. You'll feel... God's hands on your stuff, on the things that's happening in your life when you're moving in this triangle. Yeah, you will. And so instead of life happening to me, begin to make life happen, we don't live at the effect of the world, but we live to affect the world, all right? And so in to me living, you'll say things like, if things were different, if my job was different, if my wife was different, if my marriage was different, if my, if my job was different, if my money situation was different, or in by me, it's like, what can I learn right now in the middle of this? As a creator, a challenger, and a coach, what, what's going on right now in the middle of this that I can grow from so that I can make life better? I can have a better marriage. I can have a better, better job. That sounds like taking radical responsibility. And when we get together the next time, I'm going to go through what it looks like, what it looks like to take that radical responsibility, all right, as we get together next time. But before we leave, I want to give you a quick checklist, all right? I gave you a checklist on below. Now here's a checklist on above. So above the line, are you open-minded? In other words, I will be committed to growing in self-awareness. I'll be aware of what's going on. I'll be aware of the situation. I'm going to be open-minded to situations. I don't have to be right. Number two, are you appreciative? I am committed to regarding every experience as an opportunity to learn and grow. Are you appreciative? And then number three, are you curious? I'm committed to go down the path with someone to learn what's at the root of the situation. Amen? Those are, 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 you, are you appreciative? Are you curious? Are you open-minded? Those are telltale signs that you're moving above the line. That you're taking full responsibility for the circumstances of your life and for your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. And that you are supporting others also. Again, we'll get more into the responsibility next week. That you're supporting others also to take full responsibility. 
Because this commitment we're looking at here, it's not just about us moving above the line and holding ourselves responsible, but it's about learning how to hold other people responsible as well. Amen? In other words, refusing to allow other people to be villains and victims and heroes in your life, but holding them as responsible as you hold yourself and moving you both toward above the line living. Why is that so important? I'm going to close again with our working verse, Proverbs 4.23, because we've got to guard our hearts and our minds because literally out of it determines the course of our lives. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, I just ask that as we're growing in this, Lord God, that you would just allow us to see your spirit at work. That the Holy Spirit, Lord God, that you would just speak into our, our, our conscience on daily moments and daily decisions when we feel ourselves going below the line, that from, from our, our, our spirit, Lord God, you begin to speak to us. And the Lord, we would become aware mindful, conscious of what you're saying. We would respond in the moment as you would have us, and we would live above the line in that place where abundance dwells. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.